Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 61, The Keys to Building Powerful Collaboration. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. I am so happy to be here with you again today for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of success. So, Pam, what's our topic for today? What it takes to build the powerful, and I'm emphasizing the word powerful here, collaborations that accelerate success. Okay. You know, whether we're talking about boards or executive teams or partnerships or whatever else, everyone on a team needs to be able to share their perspectives and build on the collective wisdom to go from the big idea to the big results. And one of the most important factors is the quality of the conversations we have with each other at every step along the way. Big believers in this. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And we've seen this over and over. And, you know, as much as we know, there's a big difference between working together, you know, just working and really collaborating. There's also a big difference between talking and having a really genuine, productive conversation in our organizations or just together. Exactly. And that's why we're delighted to welcome back organizational anthropologist Judith E. Glazer. Judith is CEO of Benchmark Communications Incorporated and the chairman of the Creating We Institute. She's the award-winning author of the best-selling books, Creating We and Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. Judith, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. I'm so thrilled to be back, and I can't believe how many episodes you've had now. This yeah, is, is it really this going is 61. on. Oh, 61. Yeah. Well, your first conversation with us was episode three about a year ago. That's right. That's so right. you've been yeah. part of building this success with us, going from that big idea that we had, you knew about it first, and then to the big results, which are continuing to grow. So uh, we just love it when you come back. And we have to congratulate you because Scott and I were reading in Inc. Magazine, this was back in January, that conversational mm-hmm. intelligence is one of the top five business trends for 2016. Oh, that's so amazing. It uh, is. It, it is, is for me too. Every time I hear you say that or anybody says that, I go, oh my goodness, is that possible? <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, there it is. And, yeah. you know, to us, of course, conversation's always been important, but we were wondering why you think this is especially becoming this big trend or being noted as the big trend now. It's interesting. Um, we are human beings and there are certain features that describe how our brain works. Let me put it that way. And so much of our brain works on abstracting, going from one level to the next to the next. So we can take all the information we know and generalize. That's just our brain making sense of details, but putting it into the context of abstract ideas or real ideas. Now, I know that may sound a little bit abstract, but I'll give you the example. In the quote that I use for conversational intelligence, it talks about to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of the culture, which depends on the quality of relationships, 
which then depends on the quality of conversations. So there's a yeah. hierarchy, right? And we live a lot in that more abstract uh, place, which is we talk about culture like it's a real thing. And then we're going to do something with this real thing. Well, I deconstructed it and said the doing it with that thing called culture only happens when you look at the conversations, because that's where human beings connect. That's where they create culture. That's where they create meaning. And so I pulled everything back to the common denominator that all of us around the world, by the way, can appreciate and then work on together. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we co-regulate, or I'm going to change the word um, collaborate to uh, co-create. Because okay. that's, okay. I've, it's a new word that it's not new to the world, but it's new in a sense of thinking about it as something beyond collaboration. And I want to push the envelope for everybody that's on the call today, everybody around the world, to begin to think a little bit differently. We can work on relationships, but then when you do, you're really working on conversations. So if the world is, is comfortable with conversations being the common denominator right now, not only in this year, but potentially in the decade, human beings are going to advance as a whole, my belief, around the world. I, I mean an, a real evolutionary advance in what it means to be human. If we can think in these new terms, if we can bring these new, this new language into our world. Now I'm going to stop because I may, may have sounded a little bit abstract right now. But. No, actually, you said something that was really, really important here. I mean, it all is, but the idea of moving from collaboration to co-creating because I was just looking at definitions in the dictionary for collaborating. And one of them was having to do with being with the enemy. <laughs> Helping it's, the enemy. It's called cohorting with the enemy. Yeah. I, that's that's yeah. the one that I picked out. And that's yes. the one that for most people, we're hardwired to think that way. Yeah. yeah. So it's a no wonder that sometimes these uh, conversations are very difficult. So we are going to start using that ourselves. But when somebody talks about collaborating, because that's common common language still, we have to go switching back and forth, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. actually, in, in conversational intelligence, we have three levels of conversation. Mm -hmm. And the, the level two is called positional conversations. Right. And in that, you find more of the, the word collaboration. That's where it fits, because you're still people that are questioning um, each other in terms of the relationship. I have a position. You have a position. Do we agree or are we going to have to debate it? Or is this, you know, do I have to influence you? That's mm -hmm. where influence takes place. That's where um, more of the collaboration takes place. And level three is the transformational, co-creational space that is very different. And it takes judgment out. It takes uh, positioning out. It takes trying to influence the other person out and opens up a bigger space where human beings can have a conversation that's quite different that is a lot more about sharing and discovering than it is about persuading. Yeah. And uh, Pam and I have talked uh, often about how these days we've seen organizations going from being power influenced, you know, I, I'm the boss and you do what I say, to influence based or, and now uh, you've given us new language, co-creation based and I recognize it when I see it and, and I can yeah. feel it. And yeah. so working together in groups that are actually enmeshed in making something that none of them could do separately. So how does this work? How does conversational intelligence work in co-creating in groups to make a really big thing happen? So I believe that when human beings are primed for something to happen, it happens in the way you've primed them. And if human beings don't prime 
then there's a kind of a free-for-all space that people live in where anything goes with any conversation and it's hard to channel yourself because when we feel that we're in a power over relationship um, yeah. we want to push back that's what it was power over and power with were the mm -hmm. two words that i used to describe what you're talking about and mm -hmm. power with is very different from power over and so attuning people to the different forms of conversation and also and your question was about how do we how do we move into that space where yeah. we can do that co-creating um, what I've discovered is that there are conversational rituals. In fact, there are rituals that appear, because I'm an organizational, organizational anthropologist, that there are rituals that have appeared throughout history and people trying to solve the same problem. The same problem is how do you prepare the soil? How do you prepare people's minds for a wonderful conversation? And so I've introduced uh, for people all over the world to experiment with uh, setting rules of engagement. Now, that's not setting rules that... It, are hard rules. In fact, you could even use another word other than rules, but it's setting the space. It's creating the space, getting in front of the curve and talking about how to create conversations that enable us to open up, to feel trusting, um, to feel that we can be self-expressed without judgment. And human beings can create that together and co-create the rules of engagement for how they want to be together. And our brain is incredibly responsive to that. Our brain loves it, in fact. Yeah, when people are caring enough to set the stage for the kind of conversations they want. And then we step into that. And I have yet to find a group in all my works for over 30 years that didn't feel grateful for knowing that we can get in front of the curve. It doesn't have to be just happening to us. We can create the stage for it to happen in the way that we want it to. Judith, this is so exciting. And you've set the stage for us to have more conversation about this whole concept. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Judith E. Glazer, CEO of Benchmark Communications, about stories that can bring this to life. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and success. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 61, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Judith E. Glazer, organizational anthropologist, author of Conversational Intelligence, and CEO of Benchmark Communications, about building powerful conversations, co-creating conversations that enable you to take your organization to that next level of success. Judith, how can people find out more about you and your books and Creating We? They can go to my conversationalintelligence.com website, which has a lot about the book and it has videos and articles and all sorts of things that um, people could use to help them attune themselves to what it means to be conversationally intelligent. 
So I would recommend that particular website, uh, conversationalintelligence.com. And our parent website that has everything in it um, is creatingwe.com. So there are two choices. Okay. And we will have links also from this episode, episode 61 for growthignitersradio.com. Let's get back to our uh, discussion here. You were setting the stage for how rather than just collaborating, we can Mm co-create. And this is such an exciting and powerful concept. Can you give us a quick story that would illustrate this coming to life? Um, I have tons of stories, but the one for some reason that just jumped out is it's an organization. It's a global organization. In fact, um, I had the opportunity to work with the CEO and the CEO had been bringing in new people from all sorts of companies, P&G and, you know, big companies. So everybody who joined her team had a bias towards whatever they had been doing and their philosophy of being a leader. Um, they each came with a different perspective. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you can imagine what that could look like. They're all hyper uh, great, like uh, stallions. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And each one trying to influence the other about what they think would work in this company based on what they did in their old company. Yeah. Well, perspectives bring richness to the conversation, but you have mm-hmm. to be able to listen as well as talk, right? Listen as well as talk and yeah. also be willing to be influenced. I can't yes. underscore that enough. If you are in resistance and you uh, come into a room with the intention of influencing everybody to accept your approach to solving the challenges that are facing your organization, you become a part of the problem, which they did, by the way. They all had something that they want to contribute and move forward because it's a comfort zone. So we had to set rules of engagement for share and discover and for uh, not knowing. In other words, asking each other questions for which we did not have answers so that we could break into a whole new realm of thinking together, as opposed to being in persuasion, which is what we, what they were heading in to do. I enabled them to create the rules of engagement for how to co-create. And why I love this situation and why I shared it, because it's a very quick story, is that I said, if you see people falling back out of co-creating and beginning to influence too much or whatever you see, take a second and call it out because we're hardwired and those things happen and they come out. So I tried to neutralize the fact that they might bring their old history with them, but that they have in the moment uh, coaches and colleagues that can um, help redefine, reframe, refocus, and redirect um, what they're saying so it didn't feel like a threat to the organization or didn't feel like a threat to the team. So rules of engagement really is such a fundamental foundational part Mm-hmm. of being able to have these more powerful conversations. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's very clear. Now, you've spoken about we-centric practices and mm-hmm. creating we. Can you tell us a little bit about how conversational intelligence fits into the we-centric practices? What does that mean? So um, years and years and years ago, I started to realize that the world is transforming right in front of our very eyes. I remember thinking about where we were millions of years ago, very much in in the I, but tribal, and where we're going to today. And I realized that between the influx of technology like we've never seen before and the desire, and I have to say desire because people desire to play well with others. It's not something where we wake up every day and say, hey, you know, let's go into battle or I'm going to attack you today. That's that's our ancient history living inside of us. But 
everything is moving us into a we-centric world. And so I wanted to put a word to it. You know that I wrote a business dictionary years ago and was able to coin words or add words that were my own, in addition to finding words that were out there. And um, the whole concept of moving towards we, a redefinition of what good leadership is, all of those things are happening in front of our very eyes. Technology is happening in a way that we can't turn back. And so we're gonna become a we, so we need to learn how to practice and understand what it means to be a we with others. And I wanna underscore this very, very highly. It's not consensus. We and consensus yeah. are not the same thing at all. Yes. Yep, agree with that. And uh, just to build on that, uh, one of the things that we have heard in our work and actually experienced back when we lived in the corporate life was the concern that if I'm part of a team or a group and uh, no one used we-centric or, or we-ness back in those days, but if I have to be part of this, where does that leave me? Like, you know, how can I still have my ideas and my importance and be part of this group and make it go forward in a more powerful way? So you've got the we, okay, that's good, but I'm not losing my own identity either. Exactly. And in fact, the one of the watchwords of conversational intelligence and from this whole discipline that we're talking about, the I to we, um, is how do we develop the I inside the we? Okay. So that success cannot be defined as consensus. Okay, define consensus as, as you think of it. Yeah, consensus is where people go along and find a common thread that they believe they can agree with and, and jump on. It's like getting on the bus for something. Okay. So we all have consensus. However, in our research, we've learned that people are giving up a lot to get on that consensus bus. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily um, have 100% commitment to whatever has been decided. Yeah. They need a voice to be able to say, hey, put me on the wall. I will go along because I know it's going to help move our organization forward, but I really want us to continue to track the following things because mm -hmm. they're going to have an impact. And just call it out and, and feel you have permission to do that. Okay, so there's a big difference between getting on the bus, getting on board, and joining and being an active, organic part of that process. Yep. In fact, I'll okay. tell you that there's some companies that are going so far as to Say, I want, to, I want all the resistors to be present in the room. And if they still have resistance as we're going through the conversation, I want people to speak up and make sure that your voice is heard. Because that sometimes the resistor, um, the, the disbeliever, the person that is not on board has the best ideas. We've just blocked them out because they're one person. And we need to give them a place. We need to give yeah. them, open the space for them to live and exist and have a voice. I can't agree more. In fact, I have to say, when I worked in the consumer healthcare industry, one of the most important contributions that my group, when I was director of, of a research group, did was because someone said, no, we're not doing this right. We're not doing this right. And people kept trying to shout her down. And finally, I said, well, let's listen. And, and, and she was absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And that contribution earned the company hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, so wow. that, that, that drilled down to me, you know, over a decade ago, and I'm utterly on board with you. That's true. Mm -hmm. There is so much to it. 
And of course, it also hinges on people being comfortable talking about these things and feeling safe to do it, which Mm -hmm. is one of the things that we have worked with is trying to help people to have that space to talk about it. You've done it in such wonderful ways in terms of building trust. And we want to talk more about some of that in our next segment. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Judith E. Glazer, CEO of Creating We, about actionable steps that you can take to increase that trust and increase the power of your co-creation. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, we've been talking about how critical high quality conversations are to success in any company, any organization. The thing is that sometimes these conversations that really need to get out there and happen just don't happen for a variety of reasons. That's right. And a lot of times they're referred to as elephants in the room. Yeah. And a while back we had written a Harper report about how to take control of the elephants in the room. Well, that's right. And in that report, we talk about how to spot the elephants in the room at a much earlier stage before they uh, get out of control. That's right. And steps you can take to create conversations that are critical for getting back on track and accelerating momentum. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 61, and request your complimentary copy of the report, How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Judith E. Glazer, organizational anthropologist, author of Conversational Intelligence, about how we-centric thinking and behavior increases the quality of not only collaboration, but co-creating, truly co-creating for powerful results. Judith, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you, your books, and creating we? Right. So if people go to my uh, book website, which I encourage people to do, it's uh, conversationalintelligence.com. Our parent website is creatingwe.com. So we've been talking about really redefining our conversations, and you've talked about the importance of setting the stage for it by rules of engagement. And so what we want to talk to now is what are, say, three pieces of immediately actionable advice that we can use to create a more we-centric scenario so we can be more powerful in what we're doing together as a team? Yep. Yep. So we we have what are called conversational essentials and we have conversational rituals. So the Rules of engagement is one of the conversational rituals that people can do together. That's opening up um, a frame around a conversation. So it's giving shape to a conversation. Um, So in advance, people know how to bring their best selves to work and to into the conversation. Can you give an example of that for us? Yeah, there's conversational rituals in the beginning that are, you know, how do we have this conversation? And then at the end of a conversation, it's to check in with people and find out what they really liked about it. In other words, to learn how to um, deconstruct a good conversation or to appreciate or to share so that what you tried to do in the beginning, now you have an end, that's the bookend. The other bookend is 
is to say, you know, so how did it go? How did we do? So it's a chance to learn because our human learning systems are cybernetic. We do something, we look to see if, if we hit the target, if we did, great. If we didn't, we need to get feedback. That's also built into human beings. It's cybernetics. It's how we grow. And so if people learn this before and after the two bookends, you are learning as you go. Because my, some people might say at the end, well, this caused me anxiety. Because one of the questions is, anything that happened today caused anxiety. We want to check in on that. And so uh -huh. you get a chance to see what really happened in real time, mark it, and grow from it real time. Hmm. I can imagine that that would also build trust because you're giving people opportunities to talk about how they are doing with whatever has happened during the conversation. Yep, very much so. It facilitates the development of trust because you're going to be transparent. You know, and in all the cases, people are comfortable because you've set the stage to be comfortable. And so part of trust mm -hmm. is about being transparent focusing on the relationship, what impacts the people in the room so that you're not damaging a relationship, you're actually enhancing it. And it moves into how to create shared success. What kind of conversations or questions do we need to be asking each other to bring us into a sense of shared success, not to go into consensus, but truly building shared success. And when that lens is opened up, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. That's great. And really building the authenticity or making space for people to be truly authentic so that they aren't guarding and always thinking in the back of their heads, you know, how can this come back and bite me? So right. excellent right. advice, Judith. What's another piece of advice you can give? Um, I, I can't, again, underscore enough the whole idea of listening to connect. Listening is the primary um, medium through which we take in another and or we don't take in another. And so much of our listening is guarded or judgmental. You're listening to prove that you're right. So there's something magical, again, about listening to connect, where we, you really are tuning into another person's energy fields. Um, you're listening. You're open to receive. And we know that when the brain is in that state of mind, again, it takes away the fear. Cortisol is lower. Oxytocin is higher. And people start to activate their mirror neurons, which are the part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, that's the upper part of the brain, uh, where a lot where co-creation is stimulated. And so I'm listening to energy, but that energy gets translated. And it gets translated into something that I do differently and you do differently. And it makes a big impact on how we receive each other. Uh, that makes enormous sense. But how do you do that? How do you listen to connect? What, what's some real tangible thing I can do to make that happen better? Um, I, I have people just listening to how often they're not listening. <laughs> it may sound funny. <laughs> no, un yeah. understanding. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a big group of people, 350 people in an um, accounting organization years ago, and we uh, had them all do an experiment. They took a grid, uh, something that looks like grid paper, and at zero was the time the meeting started, and 60 was when the meeting ended. And they were supposed to draw a picture, a picture of up and down, when they stopped listening, they had to go, they pulled their line down when they found themselves judging. And so literally it was people mapping their patterns of listening as a way to learn how to get on top of listening to connect. Okay. So that's, it's an exercise that people can do as soon as you find yourself dropping out, thinking about, um, considering your next thought, judging the person, you're not there. And like with other types of rituals, practicing, just focusing on that person just focusing, clearing, clearing your mind and focusing on that person. It's like a ritual. It's like a, uh, you know, something that Buddhists used to do um, and still do. You know, it's that sense of taking judgment out 
and allowing the universe to come in. And if it's another person, you're going to start noticing things. For example, you might notice things about their eyes. You might notice things about their um, color of their skin. That's you're listening to the other person. You're focusing on them, not you. And it's um, yeah. very actually it becomes easier the more you have good experiences doing it. You'll say, oh, that's what it is. I see that person now. I see them. I can see into their heart. You're uh -huh. focusing on them, not us. You know, it's very interesting. I'm listening here. And when you really concentrate on listening, you mm -hmm. really listen not only to the words, but you're listening to the tone of voice, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's a magical kind of experience to be able to feel that. So this is all great. Is there an, one more thing? We only have time for one more uh, example. So um, too often, again, I'm, I'm going down to the essentials, conversational essentials, because they're so important. Um, listening to connect as one and the other is asking questions for which we don't have answers. And in a way, if people could start taking a look at the kind of questions that they ask mm -hmm. and to what extent they are questions that are really confirming what they know or putting their ideas out on the table. Um, but asking questions for which you don't have answers, it's a beautiful, again, another type of essential that shifts the conversation because it neutralizes the ego and enables people to think new thoughts that they've never thought before. Okay. Well, Judith, as always, it's wonderful to have you with us. And thank you again for co-creating this episode with us. Do you have a final thought about this more powerful, we call it collaboration at the beginning. I'm talking about co-creating now right away. Yep. I truly believe the more I've heard from coaches around the world, from leaders around the world, I have companies that have adopted the concept of co-creating and as a term now, they're, they're saying, let's co-create on this. And I am telling you, I've been in meetings that are so difficult and had we not had that word to help shape another type of conversation as opposed to positional, which is where the conversation was going. With that word in place, people are learning how to step into that ability to co-create. And the outcome is so powerful that again, if a company wants to take one step forward, introduce some of the words that are new that are part of conversational intelligence because they don't have meaning. You as leaders can help give them meaning. Um, when you're part of co-creating even the meaning of a word, people then will use it more. So understanding the language of conversational intelligence, using some of those new words, you'll be able to take a culture. This is where we started our conversation. And instead of working on the culture, you work on the conversation, but then what happens itself will shape the culture. Yes, definitely. Judith, this is, again, we're so happy that you came back and joined us. And we look forward to the next time we can co-create with you. I'm thrilled to come back again and um, hope that we continue to extend this conversation. It's a big one. We have a lot to talk about. So thank a you. Lot. <laughs> we do indeed, Judith. And thank you so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, Download our report, How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, or open a conversation with us. Go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 61. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. So what can we do today to increase the quality of our conversations so that we're more powerfully co-creating on our most important goals.
Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.